Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 40 of Reading the Bible Cover to Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for speaking to our hearts through your word. Teach us more of your ways, Lord. Help our hearts receive your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in Mark chapter 12, Jesus tells the parable of the man who planted a vineyard and sent servants to collect the fruit from the vineyard. The man is representative of God. The servants are representative of the prophets and teachers God sent over the years who were beaten or killed. In the parable, the man finally sent his son to collect the fruit, who was also killed. This we know is representative of God sending his son who was rejected and killed by the Jewish people. Well, the Pharisees knew Jesus was talking about them and some of them left, but they sent some back to try and trap him. And I love when they ask if the money should be paid to Caesar and Jesus answered in wisdom when he asked whose picture was on the money and to pay that man who what was due him. Jesus never stumbled, though the Pharisees and Sadducees tried to trap him numerous times He never wavered, and he will not fail us either. There was a scribe who asked Jesus the most important commandment. Jesus gave him the great commandment, and when the scribe repeated Jesus' words with authority and conviction, Jesus could see he wasn't far from experiencing the kingdom of God. Let us meditate on the great commandment before moving on. These are key words in drawing closer to God and experiencing kingdom living here on earth. The last thing I want to point out is the widow's might. An older woman living by faith gave all she had. There was no way for her to replace what she'd given, but her heart was generous anyway. I admire this woman immensely for her willingness to give as she did. There are gifts other than money that we sacrificially offer to others as well. People give their time, talents, emotions, and energy to one another. They offer knowledge, wisdom, and expertise. These two are priceless, and many who give much of themselves give out of their lack and not out of abundance. Let us be thankful for those who offer their gifts to us. Well, let's see what's happening in Romans chapter 12. Paul's words are rich with God's grace and practical advice. In verse 1, he writes about making a decision to dedicate ourselves to God, which he says is serving and worshiping God. One of Paul's very powerful arguments is in verse 2 which says, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. 2,000 years ago, he talked about not conforming to the customs of the day, His advice is still so true for us today. And I love how he gives the how-tos, how to not conform. That is, renewing our mind in God and his truths. As we lean into his word, we are transformed. Paul also writes about the different gifts given to God's people, each gift being necessary and equal to the other. And finally, he warns against trying to get revenge for wrongs done to us. If we don't leave a way for God to avenge us, he cannot. So let us leave our pain and revenge at God's feet and allow him the room to work on our behalf. 
Let's read more about God's holiness in Exodus chapter 29. God gives specific instructions to sanctify the priests for his use. They were to wash their bodies in water, be anointed with oil, and sanctified with the blood of a ram. Blood was required for sanctification, just as Jesus' blood was poured out for our sanctification. God provided for the sanctification of his people thousands of years ago, and he provided it to us through his son. Let us not take either process for granted, for it came at great cost. Verse 37 says, seven days you shall make atonement for the altar and sanctify it. Set it apart for God, and the altar shall be most holy. Whoever or whatever touches the altar must be holy, set apart for God's service. Again, our God is a holy God. Verse 43 says, There I will meet with the Israelites, and the tent of meeting shall be my sanctified place, my glory. God provided his presence to the people when they were first coming to know him as their deliverer. His son's sacrifice provides a way for us to reside in his presence today. This is a holy right and privilege, one we are so blessed to be given. Let us make time to spend time in God's holy presence as he desires we do. In chapter 30, God instructed Moses how to construct an additional altar, one to burn incense upon. It was to be made out of wood, but overlaid with gold. Even the poles and holders of the poles to carry this altar were to be covered in gold. The incense to be burned on this altar was to be made out of specific spices, which were to be burned when they filled the lamps in the morning. And it was to be burned perpetually throughout the evening. Aaron would also use this altar to make atonement for the Israelites with the blood sacrifice one time a year. Verse 10 says, it is most holy to the Lord. Our God is a holy God. God also instructed Moses to make a water basin for the priests to wash their hands and feet before going into the tent of meeting or burn the incense on the altar, lest they die. They were to be clean before the Lord. We can be so thankful God sent his son to make us clean before him, which again should never be taken for granted. But we go to God in all reverence and honor as we are blessed to be seen as clean before him. Then he gave Moses instructions about how to make a holy anointing oil that was not to be reproduced by anyone else in Israel. It was set apart to be used for the priests alone. Verse 30 says, And you shall anoint Aaron and his sons and sanctify, separate them, that they may minister to me as priests. There are a couple references in this chapter about people who will be cut off from the people if they try to duplicate the holy oil or incense for themselves. This really meant they would die, not just be cut off from their tribe. Again, God's holiness is to be reverenced. Let's see what David is writing about in Psalm 40. In Psalm 39, David was waiting, expecting, and hoping in God. In Psalm 40, David's waiting was done. God had delivered him, likely from his son Absalom, trying to overthrow him from the kingship. David wrote that God pulled him from the pit of destruction, set his feet on a rock, and steadied his steps. David writes that God was his deliverer at the end of the chapter. And this is what God does and who he is for us today. In verse 3, David writes, And he has put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many shall see and fear, revere and worship, and put their trust and confident reliance in the Lord. Let that be you and I. Let us put our trust, confidence, and reliance in God, no matter what the circumstances around us are. 
He is bigger than our pain, bigger than our impossibility, and bigger than our inability. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word that shows us just how big you are. Help us trust you more, give you our pain, our impossibility, and our inability, and allow you to do all you desire in and through us. And help us reverence and keep you holy, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's word.